Remarkable Results Radio Podcast. Now, listen to a slice of wisdom, a concept, a sentiment, a theory, and maybe even a rant from one of your industry colleagues. For the record... Hello, friends. Welcome to For the Record, episode 59, as Greg Buckley and I talk about the new Lyft Driver Service Center he visited in Philadelphia. Keep your ear to the ground and pay attention to this new disruptor. Hey, do you consider yourself an early adopter? Do you like to stay ahead of the technology curve? If your answers are yes, then FlexCheck Auto is designed for you. Not only is the FlexCheck Auto digital vehicle inspection platform flexible and 100% customizable to your shop's needs, it's the most innovative DVI software available. DVI, you know, is revolutionizing the auto industry. And if you've been thinking about making the switch from a paper inspection process, start your 30-day free trial with FlexCheck Auto today. You'll be joining the industry-leading cutting-edge shops that are enjoying increased average repair order and more satisfied customers with FlexCheck Auto. Go to FlexCheckAuto.com and get started today. Don't hesitate to write to me with guest or topic ideas. I do hear from my industry colleagues quite regularly each week, and I thank them. My email is carm at remarkableresults.biz. Also find me at rrresultsbiz on Twitter. Give us a follow and like the Remarkable Results Radio page on Facebook. Let's get social. Hey, I'm introducing a new format that you'll hear right now and occasionally on For the Record, and that is I'm joining in on the conversation. Yes, we'll still use this platform for opines and rants. However, there's so much going on in our aftermarket world that this short-form platform can provide greater depth if I ask a few questions along the way, because that's what I do. A great episode to start this new format is with super industry sleuth Greg Buckley. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Now, Greg posted a video he did as he visited a Lyft service center in Philadelphia, and he shared his observations. Now, no doubt this business model from Lyft is a disruptor. And what can we learn from it, and what should you know? The views and opinions expressed are those of my guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the author, sponsors, associates, or affiliates of LSTN Media, LLC. Now, my friend Greg Buckley and I on the Lyft Service Center, For the Record. Hi, Greg Buckley here for For the Record, and I'm today, and today I'm with Carm Capriato. <laughs> oh, you invited me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, you made a great post, and you did kind of, if you will, a 007 view of the Lyft store mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. And I think we've all known over the year, th- this early year, it kind of launched this spring, and all the press came out about Lyft to open their own repair centers. And they were talking about maybe 25 of them throughout the, the country. They started in San Fran. Obviously, they put one up in Philadelphia, and you were curious, and you went there. Right. Tell us about what you saw. Well, it's, it's, it's ironic that, you know, I'm, I've recently been in Philadelphia for the last, uh, couple of months or so with the Goldman Sachs program. So when I learned that the lift garage is fairly close to the school, <clears throat> I decided to take an independent day and just go up and just, you know, find out, Hey, what's happening here? Uh, to look to see what activity, cause in my mind, I'm thinking, well, really, how much activity can come out of a lift service center and what's it all about? You know, and I knew, uh, where it was, uh, you know, on Frankfurt Ave, um, in, in a section of Philadelphia that I, I really wouldn't consider a great place to be. Um, and it's in an old dealership. I think, uh, either it's a, a, a Retolman or a Potemkin old dealership. So it's got the layout 
uh, and the footprint for, you know, volume, it really does. So, um, you know, I was curious to find out, I read about it, just like everybody else has. Uh, you know, they're they're going to take over the the Lyft service, uh, you know, um, market, and they're going to take all of the uh, ride share people and all that stuff and take it out of market. I go, all right, let me see what's happening. So when I went there, as I proclaimed in the video, I was really kind of shocked about the the volume that was going through this location. And what I didn't show on camera, I just didn't want to invade the privacy of others. When I walked in, there was an attendant uh, that greeted you, um, and he would set the appointments or ask what you need. And now the needs could be for the driver was service of what types they offer and or app assistance or um, uh, protocols. Um, and behind the the main service advisor was mm-hmm. five other individuals that supported the the driver, meaning that they would go from, you know, uh, learn about the app, uh, what rules they had, to follow, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then in the back was the official waiting room for drivers who needed car service. So just walking around. Wait a minute. So this is open to the public and the, the Lyft drivers. Uh, I don't believe it's open to the public. No, it there is was, not. Okay. No, it's not like you can go there and learn how to use the Lyft app as a consumer. This was all driver focused. Okay. And, and they're only repairing Lyft driver vehicles. Lyft driver vehicles. Yes. And so those are coming out of our marketplace and going into that. Technically, yes, they're going into that. So, you know, the, it was uh, a different type of feel. Um, I couldn't measure what the clientele base was, but, you know, <clears throat> in all honesty, it was something that I looked at like, well, would I accommodate this type of market at Buckley's? And and I honestly could say mm, it would be very limited at this point, even with what I saw and witnessed, the volume coming in and out. Going back to the waiting area, which was eh, – it was okay. I mean, it had a TV. It had, uh, you know, um, water, coffee, you know, the typical stuff. It was kind of sparse. Uh, everything was common, restrooms, you name it. Um, and then in the outside in the bay, and again, I filmed what was going on in the bay. I don't, I did not post it. Um, again, just looking at some of the things, but there was one tech. Um, well, I, I, again, I don't know if it was a tech or just somebody who could install brake pads was up front doing a brake service on a, I believe it was a Chevy vehicle of some sort. And then there was the, um, appearance guys doing the, the wipe downs, the washes, the details, the clean outs. Um, and they had a full fledged alignment machine that I was not, there was nothing on the rack. Um, they didn't have tires. It was really basic. But how many bays, Greg? There was uh, uh, four stall, five stalls, ten bays, ten. And were they you, full? You know, in and out, three quarters, three quarter full. I mean, and and plus they had. I think I I panned around the lot, and you could witness the volume of cars that were either had been serviced or are due for service. And the way that I look at it is that in the back lot. They were due for service, and then the front lot had been completed, which I didn't show on camera because I, you know, I I was kind of hesitate on how much I yeah. really wanted to yeah. expose or you know 
stuff like before that, the police came and pulled you off. Yeah, the lot. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> before I got kicked off the lot, yeah, I, you know, so my investigative services. <laughs> so I do believe GM has 500 million in this company. Yes, they do. And that's the interesting part is Lyft is the front. Um, and I haven't really had a chance to dig in deeper on, you know, where the money flows. Everybody knows that GM is, is, is a participant in this. To what degree, I don't know. Now, what was interesting is that on the counter, and I did show this in the video, was the discount card uh, from Reedman Toll, which Reedman Toll in this area here is a very, very large uh, dealership group. And they're not only in the cars. The toll portion of that is into toll brothers and some house, housing, large housing. So they're very well financed. I mean, money's not an object. So I, I looked at it and says, if you read it, and I think I put a picture of it on, you know, on your wall there, that um, if you buy one set of brake pads from Reedman Toll, the rest are free. So, or the next pair is free. Reedman Toll will give you four free oil changes. Now, I don't know what the conditions are. But why would they pull that business away from the lift repair center? Well, my thinking is is that most of the cars there are fairly new. And uh, if you look at their model, Lyft does support financing of the drivers. You can rent the car. You can lease the car. You're in that dealer cycle. So that vehicle is constantly um, under the control of the dealer group where they purchase it from. And again, this is hypothetical. I'm not making any kind of, you know, flat out statement, but mm -hmm. trying to follow the money. And the reasons is that you have these newer cars that are being driven for let's say they take a two-year lease out or they're renting the vehicle. Well, I guess it's in the best interest for Reedman Toll or a dealer group or Lyft to participate in maintaining that vehicle to some degree, you know, in order to get I a better value when it's traded in or the rental is so over. So there's some kind of connection to the big dealer group there. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that, that concerns me a little bit is the, uh, the one day they're going to pull technicians out of the market to there. Uh, they're offering a better labor rate than they could get anywhere else. I mean, these are all maybe not warning signs, but they could be opportunities for us to rethink as an industry. What, what do we need to do to bring in the ride share business? Well, that was a good question. And, and I'll tell you, I, I went back and I talked to a team because we've been figuring out how we can do just that. And that was really my curiosity. I said, okay, it's so close. It's 35, 40 miles away from me. Let's go see it. And we really want to try and see what we can do for the ride share provider. Now, that includes the Grubhubs, the DoorDashes, um, you know, the Ubers, the Lyfts, anybody who uses their vehicle in a fleet type or in a business type situation, right? The problem is, is that the drivers themselves, most of them fully don't understand what their model is. They don't understand how to really extract as much value as they can. If you're in the delivery business, you're in the delivery business. You're not a part-time situation. So I keep thinking that these individuals who, you know, are, are doing the ride share aren't really understanding, you know, okay, I, I could be a Lyft because most, most there would tell you they're Uber and Lyft drivers so that they constantly go. But are they Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Grubhub drivers? Yeah. So they're constantly on the go. Um, so we're trying to figure out at Buckley's how we could assist them. All right. Um, as you know, I mean, being involved with driver services and stuff like that, we're just yeah. looking at ways to bring this element in. What can we do? Um, 
the problem is is that the the scale of drivers and I want to say this respectfully that most of the demographics that look at or the economic situation of most of the drivers are not really that healthy and this is really side money I mean I it's I, a side I've hustle, taken totally. listen yeah and I've taken enough of these and yeah. I'm always curious and I right. ask um so uh is this your full-time gig what are you doing no I'm retired and you know it's just it's for something to do yeah you know I got a little pension here I've saved some money and so it's it's all if it's a side hustle mm-hmm. they're not they don't want to spend a lot of money on it right exactly because it's not going to be that kind of income right and when I when I read a, a published release that they were going to have labor rates like ninety five dollars my God, that's way below any mar- market rate. I don't know what it is in Philly, but the fact of the matter, if it is that, that's way low. Yeah. For a metro, a metropolitan place like Philadelphia. They also talked about getting additional services, su- tax support, hospitality, education, language learning, and other services. Did you see that going on inside? No, not at all. Not at okay. that location and probably not at this, uh, level. Uh, you know, they're, they're brand, they're what, a year old, a year and a half old, I think, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So they probably haven't gotten anything in that, in that higher education. But again, you talk about the business model that I, I've been looking, driver's education. I've been down this. I mean, you know me and you know what I've been trying to kind of get to. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what the market and not just for a Lyft driver, but for general population overall, um, they're able to take advantage of it because they probably could structure another business, another business under an organization, an EDU and go for this. I mean, yes, it's something to be concerned with as a typical automotive repair center. But I think what we all need to do is really like I did. Don't. Don't poo-poo it. You know, don't say, oh, they can't do nothing because I was blown away by the volume that was there. Mm-hmm. And at some point, these individuals, I mean, they'll start to study and they'll start to learn how to be a business. Before you know it, they're a fleet operator. And yeah. this is, uh, like I said, it's really curious and I'm glad I did it. I, I would go again to, to ask a little bit more. In fact, I did get some email addresses to kind of, you know, see if I can get deeper into the conversation on what they're doing. So what's the advice that you could give to someone knowing, hey, in the big metro areas, Lyft is going to put this up. I'm sure Uber's not, Uber, Uber is not going to be far behind. Right. What do I need to do to attract uh, th- this rideshare business? Uh, get, in, get involved with your regular clients who are doing a side hustle and ask them, am I missing something? Is there a way to help? I mean, we've put out the, the, the call. And uh, we want to see, we're going to meet with a few drivers. We have a few, and, and we ask them all the time, you know, hey, what can we do? How can we balance this out? And, you know, we're just getting feedback. It's as, it's as much as we can do at the moment. And if we need to develop services that we can work with them. Yeah. Can you build a maintenance program? Listen, I want you in yeah. here to do this and let's schedule. In fact, in fact, let me budget, you know, give me a hundred bucks a month over the course of the next year. You come in, all these services are in there. When you exceed your number, I mean, there, there may be some really creative ways to help, if you will. What's the business model? Hell, it's a side hustle. What does he know about that or she knows? about that my point is is maybe you can design something that keeps the car you know on the road uh, always always running safe reliable and and for a for a number 
Well, you know, I, I, I look at it this way. Here's my take is that just like any other client, how do we help the client be better? How do we make a better driver for, I mean, if they're in the driving business, how do we use our experiences to make them a better driver? What do we do? Do we teach them this? Do we have a class on that? Uh, a car care clinic, a driver's education clinic, whatever it takes to make them better, because as they are better, they're ranked better. If we get into that type of situation, I mm-hmm. think we can, we can make ourselves a more prominent fixture in their, uh, and that the whole soft skills and the soft customer skills. service thing. I mean, right. you know, I, I remember meeting an ex-military guy that was doing lift whenever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he, he was very nice. He was very pleasant. But I could see some people coming in, you know, that just didn't understand that customer courtesy thing. And who yeah. knows? Who knows? Why couldn't you find uh, an instructor and bring in a half a dozen of these Absolutely. You know, I mean, there, it's a, it's a market that's there. It's it's just how to strategize uh, to take advantage of it or to bring it into your uh, into your regular service business. Uh, yeah. You know, we all may say no, it's not for me, and it might not be the right time. But it doesn't mean we neglect it or put it under you know the blankets and say go away. Um, it's not the right thing to do. We have to approach it sensibly because it's not the only type of. Um, uh, driver that's going to be out there that's going to be more and more uh prevalent that most people are going to be you know doing the side hustles and doing all that so good ideas here hey would you keep us informed on anything you hear and put your ear to the ground for us yeah i'm i'm actually opening up a uh you know investigative services um <laughs> <laughs> i love I it seem, i seem to have that niche <laughs> but uh <laughs> your your uh your video opened up it it, it was like uh Listen, this is the covert operation. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was kind of like being being quiet on the, on the it was uh, great. video. Hey, this is Greg Buckley. You know, so, but no, it's interesting. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Buckley's no personalized auto care here on For the Record. Well, it's great to have you on the show, Carm. Thanks again. And I hope <laughs> yeah. to see you again. <laughs> Greg's For the Record. I love it. Thank you, man. 